0: Yak yeah, Gadget for all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs. Go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake for all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs. Go to eastport.info. Now, let's get this show started.
2: What up? Welcome back to the reel down, everybody. I'm your host Jimmy. With me is Mr. Dan Perry, fresh back from Ufala. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. Uh,
3: I'll give my tournament recap. I sucked.
2: <laughs> I was there. The end. Yeah.
3: No, but no. I mean, I'll, I'll give a quick rundown. And I just watched Christine's video, and it almost made me cry. Um, like I was fishing. I was obviously fishing a dead pattern, a dying pattern with a water dropping. Is like a main lake i thought there was going to be some current because they were dropping the lake um you know uh, main lake kusa like water willow type grass swim jig stuff like that and i saw some really big fish i fished all over the lake wednesday practice i went and fished where christine did where she caught her fish so yeah that hurt um and i, I tried up river and then thursday i found really really good fish not a lot of fish but really good ones in that main lake grass. Friday, um, just kind of bounced around the lake looking around again. I looked at every, almost every single ramp and, um, you know, and got on the water a bunch of a lot of places, but I um, didn't really find anything I liked on Friday. Tournament day came around, went to that main lake grass. There were some other boaters there. I saw one boat, one guy missed one and then another boat come right after him and catch two fish on exactly my starting spot. And that spun me out. And that's why I posted what I did. It just
2: gets in your head. Yeah. It messed me
3: up. I never, cause I was going to go fish where Christine did as my, that was my backup limit place. Cause I knew I was fishing for big fish there. So I made the conscious decision. I'm going to go for the big fish rather than go for the limit fish first. And that was going to be my backup. But, uh, I kind of pedaled too far and really pushed it and again, just got out of my, you know, just, I, I wasn't in the right frame of mind and got a little bit spun out and went too far, moving too fast. And
2: yeah, so it, it I, was you. Was. I had a, I had a little bit of a, uh, similar story. I, uh, fished the NACA event oh, on and- Pickwick, but I knew I only had, um, I think four hours to fish. So like I just talked myself into it in the last minute. It went somewhere I'd never fished before. Just kind of just donating the money to see what happened. And it was a terrible idea. Yeah. Zeroed. But again, like with travel time on the water and everything, I'm probably only got to fish for maybe three hours. And then, but it wasn't, it, it turned on for everybody like after I think like 1130. So I wouldn't even have been able to be on the water then. So it didn't really matter. So I didn't really let it get to me too bad. It just, Marked that spot off the list of places to fish. But got the uh we're still up in the air about it. I'm running out of time, but I think me and a buddy are gonna fish the KBF on Gunnersville Saturday. Not gonna do both days. He wants me to go with him up the Chickamauga Sunday, so
3: I was thinking about that too, just doing Saturday, but we got my wife wants to go to some play and I was at Ufala last week, so
2: Yeah. That's I think My wife wife's gonna come up after it's over. We'll grab like dinner or something from like Crawl Mama's or something like that in town. Hey,
3: le- legit story. I've lived all. I've, I mean, I'm from South Mississippi and used to live in New Orleans. Crawl Mama's has the best seafood gumbo I've ever had.
2: Yeah, there everything there is good.
3: It's amazing. I was telling Adam Riser at the the tournament. Me and Bailey and and Adam were hanging out the the you know the meeting. And I was telling
2: him about that the other day. Yeah. So that might be what we do this weekend. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, there's uh, just a couple of tournaments for everybody. Uh, Hobie's got one coming up. Uh, broken bow. Yeah. Broken bow. I was about to have him backwards, but Hobie's got one coming up at broken bow, May 14th and 15th. Don't know if that one's capped out or not. Uh, maybe some room yeah, in that also, one. Yeah. Um, KBF, like I said, they've got one uh, Gunnersville end of, or this coming up weekend, as well as one at Chatfield Reservoir in Denver, Colorado. So if you're in any of those areas, especially if you're in Gunnersville, you may want to sign up for that one. I think there's only 46 people signed up for Gunnersville right now, but they've opened the Pro Series to anyone, um, which they may have been doing. That I haven't really been paying attention. Uh, so get signed up for that, and then the Bassmaster Circuit has got uh smith lake coming up may 21st you gonna fish that one
3: no we have a uh iron said he has a tournament on mitchell that weekend and me mm-hmm. and my buddy are doing a well we have a plan i, I love mitchell i used to live down in Clan, so I, I can't miss a tournament on mitchell it's, it's no i hear you if i have a home lake, that's it
2: I, I debated on going down to uh to smith but like i've literally never fished smith no that's not true i've fished smith twice and both times were for stripe not for bass so oh. i have like zero bass experience on on smith that's so fine. i don't want to pay 200 bucks to go learn that place you know
3: if, if people don't know it's i mean it's like a highland reservoir spot, spotted bass lake mostly it's beautiful clear a uh, big recreation lake because at it's crazy how a lot of people think, I don't know if they think like Alabama isn't very diverse, but we have like, you know, a lot of creeks and then we have Smith Lake, which is clear and deep, you know, hundred feet deep. And then we have big rivers and big lakes and everything in between. And yeah, Smith Lake is if, if you want to learn, you know, spotted bass and clear, clear water on a reservoir, that's, that's a place to go here in Alabama. But yeah, fun place, but man, and wake wake boats—they do not mess around, and it's it's going to be warm. So whoever's fishing that event, just man, please be ready, be careful, yeah. Because those creeks, because they go all the way up in the creeks, and the creeks are pretty narrow. So if and that's why we usually don't hold tournaments like in that time of year. We do it pre-spawn on Smith Lake because it gets bad,
2: It gets rough, yeah,
3: yeah. Some people will get turtle. So
2: heck yeah, well. What we're here for tonight is we wanted to take a recap with that Hobie event. Uh, it'll be great since you were there and <laughs> you you can fill us in on it. But we got the winner, uh, Mister Bailey Eichbret and you know fellow podcaster. Uh, we will bring him on in.
4: Yeah,
3: host a serious angler podcast. How you doing, Bailey? What's going on, boys? I'm
4: pumped to Hang be on. here, Jimmy. I think this is the first time I got into to talk to you, buddy. It's good. To be I think
2: back. so. I know. Uh, I think that I can't remember if Paddle and Finn or somebody had done something with you and I was supposed to be there, but I wasn't. I can't remember, but I'm excited to get you on. As soon as I saw you won, I, I text Dan. I was like, hey, like get him. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm so
3: happy you won, but I got to say, I'm kind of, I'm a little pissed off with you because if you were on him, on him, you should have told me at the meeting. So I could have <laughs> picked you on my fantasy.
4: Oh, dude I, didn't...
3: I, I if you go back and look at my fantasy i think every event you you fished in i picked you and then this one I, I as we were at the meet now picked that night and i'm like oh i you know i don't know if he's like on, on him you know he's going to catch some fish but i don't know if he's on him, on him. so i didn't There's one time i didn't pick you man
4: <laughs> dude I, I genuinely didn't feel like i felt like i was on good fish for like a top 20 finish but i did yeah. not feel like i was on winning fish yeah. well, i had some keys i had some like pieces of the puzzle put together but like i didn't have everything figured out i didn't want everything figured out yeah. um i just got done um on a show we were, t- we were talking about it and they they asked me like what i meant by that and uh with with what i get to do for work i get the opportunity to talk to some of these you know bigger guys on the the boater side and One of the things I got to do was talk to Seth fighter after his AOI win writing a press release. And one of the things he was saying was that he doesn't want to figure things out completely in practice because it blinds you to the different opportunities in front of you. So if you have pieces of the puzzle, it still keeps you tuned in to what's actually happening and you put it together in the tournament. And that's usually how wins happen. And that was like exactly what was going on in my head, like throughout uh, that last day of practice and then the tournament.
3: But then you're saying that because I know you got a few, you know, you get to work remotely and, and you were tent camping. How were, because I was kind of thinking the same thing too. Well, maybe I fished three days. I fished a little bit too much. And maybe I got a little bit into, you know, like I wasn't with the changing conditions. When, how, how were you able to do that since you kind of fished, you know, more days than what I even did? May, not full days, but, you know, you know what I'm saying.
4: Cause it took some, so long for me to figure something out. Uh, so like when I showed up there, it was before the storms had rolled in. So I got there, uh, Sunday, like late morning, um, because Monday and Tuesday were work days for me. I didn't take off Monday, Tuesday, but being remote, I can work from wherever, which is nice. So I worked from the campsite Monday, Tuesday. Uh, but Sunday I got some time on the water before I had to check into my campsite. And, uh, when I showed up, it was like high fifties to low sixties. And, uh, water temps I mean and that caught me off guard because I was launched in this area to go out and then graph for brush piles that were like closest to the most major spawning areas because that's what I figured was happening I mean being from New York I, I had a lot of preconceived notions going into this thing because I had no experience down there and that's what I thought was going to happen is they're going to be right off the bed and that's going to be the first place they're going to go is the most nearby brush pile so that's what i was going to graph for and I was like all right I'll fish by the ramp a little bit and I dump a seven plus pounder on a frog. And I was like, well, we're going to screw that offshore plan and we're going to stay shallow (laughs) this week. Yeah. Yeah, and
3: and, and Honestly, that that's the same exact thing. Like I went into it thinking, you know, post spawn, shad spawn in the morning, move off, hit the, hit the brush piles. And that's what, that's what I thought going into. Yeah.
4: Yeah. But those storms is what really messed everything up. Uh, Those storms that roll through pounded that place. Like I was sitting in my tent and thank God my tent was waterproof because we got like torrential downpour for like six hours just straight. And I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to muddy the place up. But doing some little bit of research, I realized that, you know, and looking at the actual watercolor, you know, with all these creeks coming through, it was like it was mud. Like it, and it got to the point where you could put a black and blue jig in the water halfway in. Like, so you're only your trailers in the water and you can't see your trailer. Like it Oof. was mud. And so like after trying a couple of creeks, I only caught two bass in I think two and a half days. And so I was running a bunch of different creeks, trying different things. I even tried the brush pile deal like, you know, t- towards like the mouth of these creeks for any of the, the fish that spawned early. And it, I found brush piles of fish on them, but I couldn't get them to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I ended up doing actually was I said, well, screw this whole because I, I car topped my Hobie on a Nissan Ultima, So it's kind of a process to get it on and off. Uh, So I said, screw this unloaded and loading thing. And I just started driving. I I drove around almost the entirety of the lake, checking ramps, but also looking on Google Maps to see if there's any bridges that go over or any access spots towards the way back of these creeks to see if there's any clear water, because how muddy it was. I was like, the only way I'm going to get bites right now is if I find cleaner water. I couldn't find Jack's squat on the main lake. And I found like one area with clear water, but there was no fish to be found. Which, in turn, talking to Adam Riser, that was his area that he was catching fish. I'm like, well, all right, you're just better than I am. Uh, so I was He like, does that, man. That's, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just
2: don't take that seriously with him. I'm just <laughs> yeah, like, you're, you're just going to find him.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, so what I did with that was like, all right, well, I need to start putting factors, you know, on my side. So I thought I'm going to live up in the river for a day and a half and see what I can find. Because if at least I don't have water clarity on my side, I'm going to have current something to kind of put the odds in my favor um but that night the night before the last day of practice i was doing some research on google uh, google earth and i put the history back a few years trying to find if there was a year when that lake was mud and then see from there if there's any sections that were clear water and what i did is i found this little sh- the, the brad case was at the same watch as me both days of the tournament he calls them shoots which i love i like i mean I call them creeks or creek arms or sloughs, but shoots just sounds more fun to me. So I've been calling them shoots ever <laughs> since. Uh, but hes uh, I saw on Google Earth way back in this one shoot, it, it was clear, like there was a hard mud line. And what I noticed is that there was no creek leading into it because that's what I was looking for. I was looking for northern pointing creeks without a uh, an actual, like something running into it. Like there's no stream or anything dumping water into it. Because those are the ones that are going to stay the clearest for the longest. Especially because it's really hard for current to wrap around, especially a, a north to south current to wrap around and head back north. So that's what I was looking for. And I found this one section. I was like, all right, I'll go check it out. And I went two miles from the ramp and just found this beautiful, like clean Florida tannic water with, you know, fresh green hyacinth mats. Some little shad popping in them a spinner bait a couple of times within five minutes, had almost a five pounder eat it. And I was like, okay, I am not going to fish this area anymore because it seemed like bites were hard to come by. And what I ended up doing was, cause I have, I run hummingbird units and I had an auto chart chip. And what auto chart is for folks who may not have heard of it, is it basically is a custom mapping uh, chip based on your sonar readings. So as you graph, it takes your readings and creates your own custom deal. And what I wanted to do, was because it was that Friday morning was graph those mats and see if there's anyone that was deeper than the others, because typically about a week out from those storms is when that water really starts to recede and starts dropping. And I figured if the water was dropping, if I can find one that's deeper than the rest, that's where those fish are going to congregate as that water falls. And I found one and that was the one that it was deeper was the one that had the most condensed fish on Sunday when I really caught all my fish in the first hour and they were on that, that mat. So that it's, was kind of one of my clutch moves. It's,
3: it's, it's almost like you were fishing a tide pattern. Oh, I like that. Doesn't yeah. It? yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: It, it was tells me I wouldn't have had a chance, man.
4: <laughs> it, it was, it was a pretty interesting deal just to kind of see how they moved through that. And it was just kind of one of those things where I had an idea in practice and then really kind of come tournament day, got a feel for where they were moving and, how to, to pinpoint where they were because day one of the tournament, uh, I actually started. So there's three guys that were in that area. Uh, one of the guys was one of the guys I actually launched with that Toledo Ben. So I knew him, but the other guy unbeknownst to me was Brady who was yeah. leading day one. And him and I are like racing back to this thing, thinking we're going to fish the same stuff, but turns out we were fishing completely different stuff. Uh, and at the end of the day, I realized it was Brady. Uh, and we actually, we, we'll get into that whole story later but um there was a insane shad spawn going on back there because there's all like hard bottom banks leading into the back of it and i wanted to just start there and just give it a a chance if you know one or two fish are bonus fish at that point but it was Mm -hmm. was just too much shad like you cast into it and there's so much shad that you just you'd hook shad and that way your bait's not getting in the front you know of these fish Whereas the hyacinth mats had like a subtle shad spawn going on. So you're able to get your bait in front of more fish. And that was kind of the deal. Put that together. And um, by 10 o'clock had my 86 inches after like a, one rotation in my area. Checked standing, saw I was in first, was kind of shocked. And I was like, okay, I'm going to leave this alone. So I left it. And I was like, I'll come back if I have to. But if, as long as I'm staying in the top five, I'm not going to go back because I'll beat it up tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but I think that was one thing that was, I think what was important looking back now was leaving that area, not trying to make any more moves. Even after watching Brady, uh, call and get uh, beat me out at first at like 89 inches. And then, uh, and then Dyer had was tied, but beat me out with a tiebreaker with a bigger fish. Cause there's that local tournament that was going I mean, on that, uh, Jason Alford,
3: yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah. And Jason convinced me like two hours, like we're at the awards. uh, He messaged me and he goes, you're not going to hop in that local derb and it kind of like called Loki called me out for it. And I'm like, fine. All right, I'll hop into it. Which thankfully he did. I got third in it, but I saw Brady called up and I was like this close to going back there to try to like call up out of pettiness to uh, try to win (laughs) that local one. But I was like, ah, I'll save it and go after the big check tomorrow, which thankfully turned out the way, (laughs) the way I wanted it to.
2: Heck yeah. Well, since we had already dove into it, I want us to take a step back real quick and Bailey, I want you to give everybody that doesn't know who you are uh, a little rundown of you, how you got into the kayak fishing and tell us about, you know, your, your show and what, what you do for a living.
4: Yeah. Am I bad on that too? Uh, podcast. Oh, no, no, I I, had time to talk. So no, dude, it's fine. I I,
3: I want to know so bad how you did it that I like, I'm I'm dying to hear the (laughs) answer. Uh,
2: but yeah, uh,
4: Bailey Ibrah, obviously. And uh I started a serious angler podcast like two and a half years ago, almost to the dot. Uh it was kind of a deal that I started because uh I was doing an internship uh, at the University of Notre Dame and they had me working ridiculous hours. So I knew I wasn't gonna be able to fish for like six months, which was hard enough as it is. So I figured the next best thing is talking fishing. So I've seen like podcasts, I was always into like Joe Rogan and stuff, and I was like, I'll start a podcast so i can at least like introduce myself to people as a way to network but then also still learn stuff without actually you know, getting time out on the water um and it's basically kind of grown into a pretty cool platform of getting some you know, really talented anglers on to to learn from and dive into different topics do some fantasy fishing shows kayak anglers boaters whoever the whole spectrum it's uh it's turned into a pretty cool deal and something i'm really really passionate about like you guys and your segment here at Paddle and finn
3: it it is yeah, but, so crazy how much you can. I mean, you've obviously learned a ton just you know doing the podcast, but doing this for a couple of years now, it's it's crazy how much you can learn just from other people. You know, ha- having great anglers on yeah. here and talking to. Them.
2: You know, I've I, it's for a while there, YouTube was like my go to for like fishing information, which probably for most people, and then with like the explosion of fishing podcasts, like. I hardly ever watch YouTube anymore. Like you can usually catch information. I mean, like you may want to watch a video on something very, very specific, but just mm-hmm. listening to these, like even if you're just listening to, you know, catch up, like we're doing right now on an event coverage, you learn so many little tidbits that, I mean, m- maybe the person that's not even really paying that much attention misses, but just little details. Sometimes that make huge differences and that's like why I enjoy doing it. That and some, you know, yeah. some of these guests we have are great storytellers and um like the show i did last week with the cali boys sometimes you get really cool stories you know where like everything oh, yeah. just works out but
4: heck yeah yeah i mean the biggest thing for me with the podcast deal is that uh you know i watch a crap ton of youtube as well and i mean i don't listen to music anymore just because i'm always listening to podcasts now Same way. but like with podcasts i mean you don't really with you know with, when you watch bassmaster major league fishing um you know there's not really much too much to watch, you know, kayak fishing live stuff. But when you get these guys on stage, you know, you don't really get to tap into them fully. So what's really cool. And especially guys that are like regional pros or local pros that don't have as big of a voice beyond just their social media. It's a cool place to tap into it. And the thing that I learned the most that I value, I think more than just, you know, you know, juice baits or how to catch fish is the biggest part of bass fishing, especially turnip fishing. And 90% of it is mental. And that's mm-hmm. where you get to really dive into how these guys make decisions, you know, how they stay in a positive mindset. Um, some of my favorite, well, my favorite episode I've ever done was with Brandon Polinick Who's like been my idol since I was a kid because of the way he thinks. The triangle. Yeah. The the triangle, the positive mental attitude. Like it's a, it's a cool place in the podcast realm to dive into a guy's mindset and how he thinks, because, if you can learn and adapt from different things that you learn from different guys, the podcast is the best way to bring that out people. And that's the, like one of the things that's the biggest thing you can learn as a tournament angler is the mental side. And that helped me a lot, honestly, this past week. And that's where I started noticing starting to click was learning stuff that I learned from the podcast.
2: Heck yeah. That's something that everybody needs to work on though, is that, that mental game is definitely what keeps me out of it. And I mean, and then even people that are, you know, typically like dialed in like Dan is, you know, sometimes it just, something gets to you. And like, like you said, you know, something that normally doesn't makes you spin out and, you know, having the right, the right mindset can contribute to being able to control that a little bit because I definitely have been there. Well, let's get into uh, a Um Y'all were both there. One of y'all break down um, that body of water in particular, just, the area, you know what kind of fishery it is. Either one of you, take
4: ahead, it away, Dan. You're, you're uh, from the area.
3: Yeah, so, uh, I had period. actually never. I can't believe it, but I never fished there before. Like, like oh, I had never fished there before. I Me and my wife had went down because it is. Eufaula used to be this. It was on like, um, like cotton boats. Then whenever they were coming down. It was it was a big huge boom town it has beautiful plant you know beautiful beautiful homes. So it's a great place just to go visit if you love old home architecture too but uh, it's a lake that's split by it's dammed on both ends. It's split Alabama on the west side, Georgia on the east side uh, down south it's kind of mid lake to down south. it's actually more like a lake and then above that is more river and kind of a little shallow you know kind of grassy, stuff like that but um yeah large mouth a few spots no small mouth
4: so yeah and the, the part that i think i hated the most about the place was the whole like the lake lands on like at the time zone difference yeah so that, that's like, like ooh. that threw me for a whole loop until like when aj recommended you just put like your phone date and time just on central the tournament's going to be on central just go off of that that kind of helped because like i was trying to like do the math between the time zones in my head (laughs) i'm like this is way too much brain power for me
3: i did that Uh, too but i I couldn't change it on my graph i didn't know how to change it so it still kept messing with me
4: honestly i i it was changed my graph was eastern time and my phone was central which i kind of liked because it let me know because my phone would automatically change it would let me know which time zone i'm in because up in that river it's like right on it. Like yeah. you could launch in Eastern and be fishing in central and come back. Like it's, it was weird. Oh Lord,
2: that would be a headache.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was Cause weird.
2: even, I mean, even though like I'm central time zone, like even with AJ saying do that, you know, it'd still be in the back of my mind. What yeah. just like you, you know, I wear a Garmin watch and my phone and everything. It would just keep just boop, boop, boop.
3: So, and so I lose
2: I lose lose the sense of time when I'm on the water too. I, I would screw it up so bad.
3: Uh, pretty much everywhere I fish, I, I think I had pretty good service, though. So, I mean, it's a, it's a lake that seems kind of remote, but good service it, everywhere.
4: I had barely any service. Oh, really? Well, yeah, like the on, on the best spot, I had no service.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> the uh, Like Sunday, I had all of my 85 and three quarters, I think it was, like, by, uh, I think it was at least 8 a.m. Um, and I, but I couldn't submit all of them to like 10 30. So, like, there's times where I was trying to submit and it'd be like, there's zero bars. So, I couldn't even load the app. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was cool though. Like, I like the fact that, you know, there was actually good service, especially where I was staying at Mid Lake. So, I could actually work Monday and Tuesday and not have to like drive to some random coffee shop or Waffle House and hope for Wi Fi or something. Yeah.
3: But I <laughs> thought Waffle
1: House
4: would have Wi Fi oh no
1: probably not hey, i mean
3: it's it, it's a good league good place to bring your family if you want to fish and hang out with the family but it, it gets a lot of pressure like pretty much everywhere in alabama it's it gets hammered you know
4: yeah and have your kids throw some frogs at little gators and yeah, oh, yeah. gators oh. everywhere and they, they were <laughs> aggressive too it was crazy I have, a, I have actually a really funny story about the Gators. Yeah. So, obviously, Ufala is loaded with Gators. We all probably see the mass social media posts this past week, mostly due to me because I'm the dumb New Yorker in Alabama. <laughs> it's a complete change of scenery. I posted um, yeah, Dude, it was crazy. But um, Christine Fisher, her post takes the cake out of everyone's experience of Gators down there. Oh, I must um, have missed
2: this. Oh, dude, you got to check history. it out. Yeah.
4: It is oh, nice. really?
2: I've yeah. been like – very out of the social media loop the last few days, so I need to go back and check it.
4: Dude, uh, go to her page and look for that. It's like one of her recent posts. It is nuts. Like she gets chased out. Um, but so obviously, I'm in awe by these gators and stuff. And I was kind of like, it's kind of cool to see that they're actually, like they move. away. They kind of leave you be for the most part. Um, but I'm in, I'm in the back of one of these areas, and there's like three little, like three foot gators, like babies, babies, and. I noticed that i was throwing a frog in a swim jig and they started chasing my frog a little bit like every time i throw the frog they like they perk up and get more like aggressive and start chasing a little bit so i was like laughing at these things i was like what in the world and i'm like toying with them because i wasn't catching any fish so i was like going out of this little uh pocket and i had like my frog like 15 feet behind me and there's these three gators and i was like walking my dogs basically and uh i think uh, i can't remember his last name but uh he was a guy that launched the same launches as me uh he was in the tournament his name's john uh one of the local guys John he, I, I believe so his he's good friends with brad case and that's how yeah, I, me, I, me I, him and brad all stayed together yeah oh yeah perfect yeah you know exactly what i'm talking about he came in at that same time as me giggling like a little kid playing with gators and he's like <laughs> laughing, he's like laughing at me while i'm doing it and he goes, you gotta learn them things. And I thought at first he meant like you need to learn more about gators, which I was like, okay. I mean, I'll try, but I live in New York, so I don't really, you know, feel like I need to. But uh, but I learned quickly about what he meant about learn the gators because he's like, I'll show you, and he casts at him. <laughs> He brings them close to the kayak, and he goes. It might seem cruel, but like it needs to be done. And then he just smacks them. <laughs> and, he goes, <laughs> and he goes, "You gotta teach him to be afraid of you." I'm like, "Oh, so that's what you mean about learn them? Like he needs to teach them to be afraid." I was like, it was like it was hilarious. I started bawling. Like
2: I feel like that's like a very Alabama redneck thing. That, like that's so John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah it <laughs> and, was hilarious and john was awesome i really appreciate like had a fun time john's a great guy him. yeah but for, like, uh, for anybody so that I was watching
2: been. and just saw the crazy face that was me i watched christine's video real quick and i'm um, no f dude. that
4: dude i got a i got a video i'm posting the social here soon and it'll be in the the youtube videos too uh at the end of like the last hour of day two I'm going down this right bank of hyacinths and uh, Brady was having a tough day. So he came by on the left side of hyacinths. That's where I told him I was getting bit. So he's on the left side. I'm on the right side. And we see like this 10 footer, at least like in the middle. And she's just, uh, he, she, I, 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 I can't tell the difference. I don't know how people do, but she's like 50 yards from us in the middle. And all, next thing we know, her tail comes up and her head towards uh, points towards the sky and that I've never heard a gator growl before, uh, but it was the most like deep, intimidating growl I've ever heard. And this video I have video of it and you can perfect, feel it. Perfect. Yeah, like you feel it in your chest, like perfect audio. And I was like, I don't know what this means. She's not coming at me yet, so I'll keep fishing down the bank. But as soon as she turned her head towards me and growled again, I'm like, You can have the spot. I'm out. <laughs> And John, I asked John at the ramp what that meant, and he goes, "Well, there's one or two things, but you don't want to figure out which one it is." (laughs) (laughs) The thing I left, (laughs) I I, I didn't. The only
3: time I really had a problem is I like I well not a problem, but like I went back into one pocket and it had eight little gators in it, like not very big. I saw three of them, like within one. Like I held up my camera, I took a video of it. Three of them right there, but there were eight back there in that cove. I said, "Man, like a couple of them, that's fine, but not eight. Like that's just too many." And I went out. And I caught a fish right on this, right on the corner, coming out of there as I was leaving. This, as soon as I go around the corner, man, there was a big ass gator came out and scared the life out of me. Like it, <laughs> man, it jumped in the water and made the big splash and all that. Oh, yeah. that, that one actually scared me. Like it, it got me.
4: I had it happen too. I posted that on social last week uh, in practice, I think. And that thing, I was coming, same thing as you. I was around the corner, not paying attention. And this gigantic. it was probably the same one that was growling, came barreling in the water towards me, splashed like everywhere. And you see me just like pedaling from it, which is actually kind of comical in itself that I'm pedaling like for my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see like people <sighs> running for their life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> Then yeah, uh, you'll never
3: get away from them. There's no way you no. can pedal faster than they can swim. Oh no,
2: they no. they swim like 30 miles an hour or something yeah, like a, that in burst. Yeah. yeah, we're I live on Wheeler Lake in uh, North Alabama. We have gators and we've got some big ones too, just like you see in Florida, Texas. You follow anything like that. I've never had any kind of aggressive experience like that. I've had a few like little 3, 4 footers come up to the kayak and that's probably my fault cuz I'm like playing with them cuz I'm like <laughs> I wonder if you'll let me grab you. But, uh, went to Florida, saw a couple Lake Forks, saw the biggest one I've ever seen in person. And that is what, like no aggressive behavior for me, but that's what like, I'm in the mindset y'all are. And I've never had the experience. I, I was fishing a bank blowing with the wind, looked to my left, thought I saw a log that was legitimately like, <laughs> you know, two or three feet tall. And it turned out to be after talking to locals and telling the area I was in it was a 14 and a half foot gator because when i looked i was like that's a weird looking log and i looked back and then realized like there was a head facing me the body on the bank so i backed off and saw how long it was and then i was talking to some guys at the local bar that night and they were like you were at this place I was like yeah they're like oh yeah that little sketchy place you put in at? yeah the people that own that land right there they feed it every night at like six o'clock i was like cool it's associated with humans food no. so i didn't go back to that area at all no, they said it's, it's like 14 and a half foot or something like that monster. That's but ridiculous. I'm out. I'm good. Well, all right. Well.
3: So go ahead and tell us about your day one and then day two and, and the whole, the whole deal. You already told us about your practice.
4: Yeah. Um. So yeah, day one, um, well launched and went back to the area. And like I was saying earlier, there's that shad spawn going on, but it was almost too thick. So I, I really, that's when I started dialing into the highest and mats, and because I think what was happening was there's a very subtle uh, shad spawn on those high and mats, and that would allow me to get that spinner bait like in front of more fish because there was less shad. Um, and basically, what my bite was, I couldn't get a, a bite punching these mats, throwing a frog around it, throwing a swim jig, nothing. They only wanted a spinner bait, and it had to be like straight up flush with that mat. But my best bites were uh, if I could get my kayak against that mat, if there was either an irregularity or a point in that mat, and I could cast past it and use my rod and my line to maneuver my line under the mat and have the spinnerbait come under it, that's when I would get my best bites. Wow. Um, and that's how I got most of my fish uh, on day one. Uh, I think I said earlier, like I got it by 10 a.m. and I checked, I was in the lead. Uh, as of day one, that's why I left that area and went to start exploring new water, looking for different hyacinth and mats and, uh, never caught a fish for rest of the day, uh, but saw that I was tied for second, which technically third because of the tiebreaker, but was in like a very good spot going into the next day. And I honestly kind of felt good that I wasn't in first because I hate that whole first place juju on a multi multi multi-day event. Uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm a head case with this stuff. So like, I'm in first, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to win. And like, i might. well, and it,
2: it it's very rare. You see a wire to wire winner. Like, yeah, uh, that's, that's true. like one like detailed thing I pay attention to with doing these recaps is like how many times I've seen it. And it's less than, I think six times I th- or maybe I think it's four. And it's I, I've only rare. seen it in a kayak, like big trail. I think twice.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You don't see it very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I felt really good. Like I was really calm like I was like I was, I was more just excited just to get out and get fishing again because I only fished it for like the good stuff for maybe an hour like I only made one rotation around the whole thing uh, so I was really excited and uh that night I actually because I had to check out Sunday morning from camp I just packed up my car and slept at the ramp in the the Nissan Ultima Suites that night uh, and uh, <laughs> had a sob oh, uh, you know woke up that morning and Brady got to the ramp and went over to chat with him after learning that was him in that same area yesterday uh the day before i say see i'm already still living like i'm still at this past weekend um and chatted with him just to and to realize we weren't even fishing the same stuff he was fishing more lay downs where i was fishing the hyacinth and uh that was probably the most peaceful uh morning tournament like pedal back to an area me and brady like side by side knowing that we're not fishing the same stuff and we're just like relaxed having a great conversation super chill like taking mm-hmm. our sweet time like there's not a you know ten thousand dollars on the line that day and uh i got to my spot and time started and within like the first uh, five minutes had three 13 inches in the boat and so, so i was feeling pretty good at least about my odds of getting the limit because i knew if i had just got a limit my chances of staying in the top 10 were yeah. really good yeah um, and then after that i 313 inches i catch an 18 I was like okay then you know if it's I catch one more fish and you know, I could stay in the top 5 and uh I go and I catch a 15 incher I'm like okay I'm feeling really good now now I just need to and and I you know looking at the standings I was reviewing the standings Saturday night sitting in the car you know waiting to get tired to to sleep <laughs> uh I saw basically the entire top 10 except for myself had a 20 incher I only had a 19 for my biggest and I was like if I can have that bite show up like in my head I was thinking if I had that 20 plus inch bite show up on Sunday and I have a limit. I might have a shot and I'm, this is going through my head as I put that 15 incher back in the water. I'm like, man, I just need that 20 incher that I've been, you know, I have haven't gotten yet. And but, but,
3: but, because you had the best average fish.
4: Yeah. I mean, I just had quality fish around me besides the three thirteens that I got started of <laughs> the day. But I, as I'm thinking that I go down the bank, maybe another, you know, 15 yards. You know, wrap my line around a point, makes it come back in on the indentation on that high set mat, almost like five feet from the boat. I watched this mat, the mat shakes. Like you see the oh, level change and it wakes. It. And it she she like pushes the bait where you have to catch up and crack her. And I cracked it and I'm like, and she goes into the mat and I'm like, that is not small, that's grown. And uh <laughs> I'm I just instead of there's one thing that I've learned over the years that I was really proud of too, was like when you get a big one on, there's you could tell it's big, and there's almost like a sense of panic, like especially when it's close quarters like that. Uh, so, but instead, she ran into that grass where usually I'd try to pull back. I just let, I had 17 pound uh, fluorocarbon on, and it's around grass. I, I but it's it's a canopy, right? Because it's a hyacinth, so they're not attached to the bottom. All I did was hold, held tension, and she came sliding back out. And I was really proud about that, but then got her in the net and realized just how big she was because I thought it was another like 18 to 19 incher. But I was like I saw that fish. And my I mean, a six-pounder in New York is built way different than a six-pounder in Alabama in the South. So (laughs) at first I saw how big her head was, and I was like, oh my God, that's like an eight-pounder. But mobile, it was only like it was like six and a half, it was like six, uh, like six six or six five. Uh, but I saw that fish and I'm like, that's over 20. Uh, and that's like, in that moment, I had that mental click of like, we got a shot boys. Like if we can get rid of a couple of these 13 inches, we might got a shot. Uh, and I put her on the board. She was 21, three quarters. And from that point, like I have the whole GoPro footage. I was showing my fiance how much of a dork I was. Like I was fist pumping, like crazy. (laughs) Like I was hyped up. Like I was, I was like, that might be a $10,000 fish right there. Lo and behold, it was, thank God. But I, uh, put that fish back and I called a couple more times with another 16 and a 14. And I had almost the same exact inches as I did the day prior. And in my head, I was like, cause this was like only an hour into the day. And I'm like, like we can make this, this could happen. Like, uh, and, but right after that, after I called, it was about, I, the, the bites were slow. I was catching 13 inches, 13 inches, had to call a 14 it was around 1030 or so my phone after I put that six and a half pounder on the board and actually got service to submit it. My phone was blowing up that I had to take it and put it into my dry storage in my Hobie, slam the lid shut because it was annoying me so much. But it almost made it worse because all I could hear and feel in my car goes <laughs> <laughs> like like people tagging me, texting me. And then I, around 10 o'clock, I was getting phone calls. And I was like, which one of my buddies in their right mind would be trying to call me right now? They know I can't be like calling people, you know, from the kayak. So like the sixth phone call, and I, op- I was like, screw it. And I open it up, and I see this number that's I don't recognize from Gainesville, Florida. So I make an effort to like double click on the iPhone to like hang up on them on purpose while they're dialing to so maybe they'll get the point to stop calling me. And it turns into a voicemail, and it's Steve Fields from Hobie saying, hey, you know, we're trying to come get pictures of you, you know. If you get a chance, you know, I don't want to take up your you know, time fishing, but can you drop us a pin and we want to get some photos? And uh, it was that point I was like, okay, something's happening. Because they want to come get pictures. So I dropped them the pin. And I, te- I teased Steve about it because as soon as he showed up, I didn't get a bite for the rest of the day. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's your fault. They're camera shy. <laughs> um, but that, that was it. Like After Steve showed up, got pictures, I didn't catch a single bass until the end of the day. And uh, I was rounding a point and brady and i started coming head to head both of our alarms went off that the day was over and brady came up to me and he goes well because i uh so i check standings on day one just to make sure i'm in contention and then we'll like just see where i'm at and when i need to stop but i will not check it on day two just to know like i don't want to mentally fish different have that impact me because i just want to fish and catch as much as possible on day two um, but Brady's like, yeah, you were up by seven inches at the cutoff. And I was like, oh dang. But as soon as he says that I opened up my phone to a Facebook post from AJ that Ron catches like a 22 incher and this thing's a freak giant. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, Ron's going to catch me and then we're screwed. He's like, he's like, he had two major calls in the last hour. And, uh, but I still felt good about it. I'm like, you know, what? if I didn't win that, you know, that's fine. I still, my, I accomplished my goal of making the TOC. I was fairly confident. I stayed in the top three. Uh and we get back to awards, we're chit chatting with people, uh talking to my buddy uh Nolan Minor, which by the way, if folks aren't subscribed to his YouTube channel, you need to be because he had the altercation of altercations with another kayak angler that zero like basically zeroed on day one. Nolan has gone three for three on checks, and the guy was persistent on fishing on top of Nolan. It, yeah, it'll come out in his YouTube video. It's it's gonna be amazing from what he described. Uh, love me a little little drama yeah uh but we're going through awards and it gets down to ron and i and ron (laughs) decided to screw with me because i think ron knew that i won and ron leans over and whispers he goes he goes would you be mad if i told you or no he goes would you be scared if i told you i had two major calls in the last hour when the standings were down and i was like oh damn you won dude like i thought that was him saying he won (laughs) and aj goes so so ron had these two crucial calls in the last hour when standings were offline you know he caught a giant a 22 incher that was a huge call and then but he goes but the other one was only a 16 so it wasn't so aj threw me for a roller coaster so i was thinking i'm like oh dang i really lost this thing like i was like (laughs) telling myself i was okay with losing but at the moment i was like ah damn like it was so close but uh then he admits that you know it wasn't enough to take over the 172 inches i had and Figured out I won, which was <laughs> my brain went into a fog and ensued my horrible onstage speech, forgetting about so many people. Uh, I don't <laughs> from the time he announced it to shaking people's hands after the live show was done. I was like, I don't remember the past ten minutes.
2: It's like, like you <laughs> you realize you're sitting in your car and you're like, wait, what?
4: Yeah, you, I'm in <laughs> Buffalo, like driving home. I'm, wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: No, and you yeah. did, man. Uh, just a quick recap of the numbers. So uh, day one, you had 86 and a quarter, like you had said. Day two, again, very similar with 85 and three quarters. Um, Ron had 82 and three quarters day one, and then 85 with the, that big 22 call uh, there at the end. And, but you ended up with 172, and he he did make a big leap, but he still only had a 167 and three quarters. So you, you had a nice little... Uh, comfort area but uh, somebody to shout out uh, on was josh stewart josh had a huge oh day too yeah. 92 and a half inches um, it's good to see his name back up there it, he's a hammer and everybody knows it but it seemed like he took kind of a a year away it seemed like i didn't hear his name as much and then he's been on fire this year uh, i think his smallest
4: but, fish on day two was like a 17 and a half
2: yeah he was he was on like if you look down the standings he's the only person that didn't have like a 13, 14 inch class fish. Almost everybody's limit, you know, had that one smaller fish towards the end. Uh, But it did day two. There was a like you said, uh, the top eight day two all had a 20 at minimum. Uh, Brad Case caught a freaking 24 and a half inch donkey. He was
4: so jazzed when I got back to the ramp because I heard rumor that he caught a 24 incher. And I get to the ramp, and he's stuck. He's, like, blasting music, like, dancing around his trailer. <laughs> I'm like, I woke up to him, and I was like, catching a big one, did you, Brad? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, let me show you. And he tells me the whole story. I'm like, Brad, we have to get to awards. We're going to be late. Like, <laughs>
2: That's his goal. That's today. his only yeah. way. <laughs>
3: yeah. it's kind of crazy a last Hobie on Santee Cooper, a Canadian one, and this one an almost Canadian one in <laughs> Buffalo? An hour from
0: the border. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Big shout out to him, uh, Nate. Nate came all the way back down again for this mm-hmm. one. I felt bad; it didn't work out for him because that's a stupid long trip. But you that's know, right. maybe Alabama's got something check. against.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's he's got the gas money.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 that's Cole, awesome, dude. Sure,
3: the new trophies are legit, man. They are yeah. really
4: awesome. Wow. I know most people
3: are listening to this, but that that is a great trophy.
4: I was sitting there at awards with you, Dan, with you and Adam, and I'm you know, looking at the trophies. I'm like, dang, I want one of those dang things. But I was like, it's probably going to take me a while to get one. But lo and behold. Which is, like, weird because so this year with my YouTube channel, with Serious Angler, what we've done is stri- streamlining chasing, our content.
3: Chasing Hardware?
4: Yeah, so this new series, Chasing Hardware, which is now on my personal YouTube channel, Be the Fish, is about, like, just trying to make the tournament champions, you know, chasing trophies. But also, like, but it's based around just learning and becoming a better angler tournament after tournament. Well, I was, like, in my introduction, the first episodes from Toledo Bend, I was just, like, you know, it's you know, unrealistic of have happened in this year. You know, it might take me a couple of years to to finally win one. Well, well here we go. Episode four is going to be a win. And I was, like, well, I got to figure out what the heck I'm going to do with the rest of the season, <laughs> like, steer the direction of it. But, um, yeah, I was talking with Drew. It's, like, it's going to be. You know, goal number two now is Aoi, and then three will be Toc.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, man. We have a lot of people on here, and and some of the decisions and some of the things you were looking for on the maps and things like that that they're not a that those aren't the things of a young a young guy who hasn't won a bunch of tournaments. I mean, you sound you've got it together, so you've got a great chance to to make a run at this year.
4: I appreciate it, but I and what I was telling people is. I am new to the scene. I do have a lot more to prove. Like one tournament win is is great, but I have a lot more to to prove to to make a point that I can actually compete here. Because this is one of the biggest things why I did it, why I went to the OEBOS series, just because you know, I found success in New York, but I wanted to see how I competed against the nation's best. And you know, being only tur- two tournaments in, granted, yes, one of them is a win, the other one is a forty eighth place, which I wasn't happy with. So there's a lot still to prove, especially being able to fish around the country. Like it's just, just a one-off and we'll try to prove that it's not a fluke.
2: Well, and that, That's something that I talk about a lot with people is, you know, winning is one thing. Consistency is the, the, the real, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing that makes a statement is, you know, you've, that's why AOI is such a big deal for so many people is it's not, that wasn't a, a one, like a one and done situation you competed and did well all year. So Yeah. So but what, I hear a
4: lot of guys yeah. that'll say they'll take an AOI over a big trophy oh, yeah. or like a, or a championship trophy. So
3: what, what do you have left on schedule this year? Are you going to try to fish all the Hobies?
4: Yeah, so I'm going to make all of them, I think, this season except for Broken Bow. And I. it kills me because of a couple of reasons. I would love to make Saki because it's the closest dang one to me and figures that's the one I can't make. <laughs> um, And because it sets up perfect for how I like to fish offshore big smallmouth, mouth clear water uh electronics like that and that's the time of year to get on those fish too um but i have to actually with my personal job i'll be traveling that week i'll actually be up on champlain which i won't complain too much about uh <laughs> no. but i would love to fish that place because it's and I'm, i'm really annoyed by it because i'm trying with you know doing these tournaments too one of my you know alternate reasons was to try to persuade more folks from especially new york because there's some hammers in new york to fish these things to put new york on the map because and it'll also bring more tournaments north because they come up and then they see these crappy showings like it's going on right now with winpasaki where i think it's like 72 anglers are in it where the rest of them have like capped out at 10 minutes so it's one of those things where i almost feel slightly guilty that i'm not in it because that's one of my reasons to try to do this right is to bring more people from the Northeast down to these tournaments. That way that the, these trails will more be more apt to come North. But um, I will be fishing. Uh, the next one will be Lake Chickamauga, which I'm really excited for. I love that place. Uh, and that time of year sets up exactly where I like to see them. Uh, and I've been there Chick a few times. And that's, uh, I have a little bit of, it's weird. I have a, actually have a little bit of information coming into a Southern tournament for once. <laughs> um, and then uh fishing the Susky, which I've never fished before, but I love current fishing, especially for smallmouth. That's how I grew up in backwater, backwater little creeks and rivers. Um, and then the last one of the year will be the wolf and fox for me, which is gonna be a lot of fun. Cause that place just looks gnarly and it looks really cool. And well, hopefully it
3: Illinois or Indiana? Wisconsin. Wisconsin,
4: okay. It's right off of uh it's the rivers attached to Lake Winnebago which is like a shallow, mm-hmm. smallmouth fishery. Uh, but these rivers look really, really cool. And uh, yeah, that's just what I'm excited for, because I don't get to fish a lot of those small little rivers in New York. It's a lot of great lakes, big finger yeah. lakes, deep water. And uh, yeah, so like for me, this this past week was, it was a really big confidence boost because I'm such an offshore, deep water, using my electronics kind of guy. Uh, I usually have you know, two helixes and a 360 or a mega live on the kayak at one time. And, uh, I left all of my graphs and electronics in the car. Wow. So that
1: was awesome.
2: That like, uh, you know, you you may be, you know, positive minded on it one way, but I feel like somebody that's like you said, so electronics driven as you are, that's gotta be kind of like sketchy each day when you're just, okay, well, we don't need that.
4: Honestly, yeah, like it was part of me was like, dang, I'm actually doing this right now. But like to like the second part was like, it's kind of freeing. Like the fact that I on day two, when I really dial it down to a spinnerbait, like I brought three rods and I'm like, this is really weird because I usually bring like 15. Uh, so it was kind of like free. I was going out there super lightweight, like I was easily pedaling almost five miles an hour. And I was like, this is weird because I struggled to even get over four because I'm usually so loaded down. And people are probably laughing like between four or five miles per hour. Like nobody cares, dude. But it's actually, it's kind of a big yeah. deal.
2: No. Oh, like- I mean,
3: Hey, me, me and, uh, the, well, I don't want to put down Hobies. Never mind. <laughs> there, 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 there was a, like, there was three of us that put in first thing at my, my ramp. There's me and another, a Pratter, me and the Big Water, and then a Hobie guy. and The Hobie guy got smoked.
2: <laughs> well I mean, you gotta have your legs he, for it too fish
3: better than me and he caught more fish so congrats to him that's that's not putting him down because he's a great angler but but we got to the fish and didn't catch fish quicker than you know than he got to.
2: <laughs> <know>. it's it's <laughs> always fun for me when i'm like like today i went and i was testing out some new gear on my kayak didn't take any like fishing equipment i was just making sure some stuff was working guy at the boat ramp was really interested in my setup because you know he. He's like, man, I've been looking at Hobies. I've been looking at new canoes. And, uh, I feel stupid when they're like, like what kind of speed you get out of that? And like, they're in a bass boat and you're like, you know, five miles an hour, it's a pretty big deal. And then I'm like, no, it's not like, that's nothing. <laughs> and now like, it, it's crazy to see my excitement when I like, I, I used a guy's, uh, Hobie with an 1103 on it and got like six and a half miles an hour and I was just like whoa six and a half and it's still like that's nothing
4: <laughs> look at I, the I my
1: beard
0: yeah <laughs> <sighs> oh.
4: I get guys that ask me that at the ramp and I just like I've come to the point where I used to have like serious answers like oh I can go like you know four pretty easy and they honestly just don't really care so what I say it's like oh you want to race I'll show you <laughs> <laughs> And then they look just look silly because they're the boat trying to race a, a guy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Well, man, congrats. I'm I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. You know, just everything together and, and great job, but uh, appreciate you being on before before we let you go. I want to give you a chance to shout out your show and any sponsors and anybody who makes fishing easier for you.
4: Heck yeah, man. Uh, if folks haven't, you know, check out the Serious Angler podcast. It's a Cool little deal. We do over there three episodes a week. One of them's, uh, you know, on Mondays a biz- uh, business segment. It's a business from the bass boat that Deacon runs over there. So that, uh, that's a
3: really good show too.
4: Oh dude. Deacon kicks ass. Um, super happy to have him on the team. We picked him up, added a business from the bass boat to the serious angler network, uh, back in August. Uh, and then we have two serious angler episodes a week. Um, just talk with anglers, learning from them. Uh, so if you like to learn, you know, check it out and then, uh, if you're interested in seeing how like these Hobie BOS events are going, I am having that chasing hardware series over on the YouTube channel, be the fish. Um, you can find it on my social media or look it up on YouTube. Um, and then lastly, that like I, like I mentioned in my foggy brain on stage, my horrible speech, <laughs> uh, I, for, I forgot to thank uh, the, and I feel horrible about it. Cause I'm actually going to see him on Friday. Uh, is, uh, my man, Ryan and team over at Morgan Marine up here in New York. They're actually on Kuka Lake. They are, one of the best people i've ever worked with in this industry uh and they've helped me the past couple of years supplying me with the hobie and basically have been the best people to work with from a industry standpoint super supportive every you know days of practice ryan's messages me seeing how things are going rooting me out throughout the tournament their whole team over there has been awesome uh so if you're in the northeast you know morgan marines is the place to go for any of your hobie or kayak needs they now have they now have Jackson, which I think Jackson just came out with a new kayak too. Get you a NAR. Yeah. <laughs> Shred the
2: NAR, dude. Hey, the
3: series. I, I, was, I was in that kayak. It's legit. And that new drive is like light years above the old one. So if you've ever looked at I'm not on Team Jackson, but if you've ever looked at Jackson you were like, oh, I'm not sure about that drive, problem over because that, that, yeah. that new drive is serious.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, lastly, uh, I gotta shout out my boys, you know, Matt and team over at Blackfish gear, they're kind of new to the market for fishing apparel, but they're based out of, uh, the Midwest. So they make it for cold weather, which is perfect for me being in Buffalo. And I fish all the way up until ice and we'll fish right at ice out. Um, but that being said, they also make very good, uh, sun, you know, UPF apparel, uh, which I neglected one of the days and there's a reason why my arms are peeling right now uh (laughs) shredded Now they actually it's really cool they have a it's called the angler sun hoodie it's completely different from any other you know sun shirt that material you always think about super smooth silky stuff it's it's really it's i don't really honestly know how to describe it it's kind of almost like a checkered deal super comfortable the thing is with them they're they're sun protecting but they won't stretch out in the dryer and stuff over time like they stay form fit exactly how you you got them out of the package so Big shout out to those boys, and then uh, you know Hobie Eyewear, which is supporting the Hobie BOS Trail, and uh, we'll get some shades that'll fit your head, Dan. I want a pair this week. I gave them to Russ Snyder's because they wouldn't fit my head, but whenever they make
3: some, I'll buy some.
4: I have a pair that I think will fit your head. I'll send them to you. They would have to be massive for real. Well, they don't fit my head because they're too big. So I'm they're better off for your head.
3: Seven and seven eighths. I'm packed with brands over here. I just don't use them.
4: <laughs> if not, we'll, I'll make it my personal mission to work with Dylan over there to make some that'll form fit to Dan Perry's head.
2: Deal. He All needs right. a hat too. Like, yeah,
4: we'll yeah. I, hey,
3: I will. Rock, I in that in my old town, I will rock whatever company makes a hat that's big enough for my head. I I emailed a company today, yesterday, and said, "Hey, man, I'll buy one of those hats if you'll make it double X." And they're like. I uh, asked my vendor; they don't even make a double X. I'm like, that. one size.
2: You're missing eight, a market, five. dude. <laughs> too,
4: much, too much knowledge. Up there, there are
3: so many people who are who have this. I'm, man, I don't want to talk about my special needs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying there's, there's, it's not there's a, just me. There's
4: a bunch of us. It's a business opportunity here. You know, you can have your own lineup of Hobie Shades. We'll call them the Hobie Parries. There you go. Yeah,
2: I was about to say you're. We're missing a whole like Dan. We could get in touch with some people. You could like start your own hat and sunglass company. Well, like just...
3: I, not to get on this whole thing, but like there's a company called Mammoth Hats, and they make big hats. I don't. I don't want I, that. That'd be like me saying, you know, like, hey, check me out. I have a big giant head. Like I want my <laughs> head not to look big, so I don't want a brand that's like they used to make uh, sunglasses called like fat Heads. I'm not going to wear a pair of sunglasses called Diamonds <laughs> just because I got a big I
0: head. I just want to fit in, guys. Dude, I, I, stand I, think, out.
4: Uh, I think you got to own it. In this industry, you got to yeah. own that. I mean, dude, look at Frank Talley. He owns the Big Man series on and AFCO apparel. Yeah, he he's a big dude. He is. But you, I think you just got to own it, man. No one's going to judge. That's how this industry works. If you own something You're, like that. We're rebranding
2: Dan Perry fishing to Fathead Fishing right now. Nah,
4: well. <laughs> it'd be great if you didn't. I'd, I'd appreciate it. You can start, start your own lineup of apparel and shades. Call it like Perry's or something. You can be like Perry, you know, or better than Sperry or something like really cheesy. <laughs> and then you're good. Like you got your own business right there.
3: That's have wide feet too and wide other things. You there know. you I'm go. Just, I'm just wide. Socks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Perfect. Wow. I love it. Well, Hi, right, everybody. That was a great show, Bailey. We thank you for giving us some time. I know it's been a heck of a weekend for you and fishing and brain fog at board shows and your show and KBN. And I'm sure everybody's reaching out to you. So we do appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time to tell us how it went, man. And
4: appreciate the invite.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing you chase that AOI and, you know, finish out that Hobie series. So hope that we get to have you back on soon. Appreciate it boys. Thanks man. Appreciate it. All right. Awesome show. Glad to see, uh, that's like, it's a new name for me. I mean, for everybody, obviously, like we follow Bailey, but, uh, you know, it's it's nice to see just different names at the top of these big national tournaments. Uh, at the same time though, like we said, I like consistency too. So I like to, you do like to hear about some of the same people, you know, kicking ass over and over again.
3: And, and like you saying, like, you know, he's trying to get more people to come down from, from up North and he made that drive and good for, you know, good for him making that drive, putting in the time and the money and the effort and, and paying off. That's, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. He he might've made enough money to make all the gas he spent. So there you go. Well, I'm going to get into some other tournament recap we had from the weekend. Um, the one that I'm going to start out with, uh, was the KBF and San Vicente reservoir out there in Cali. Um, Day one, Trail. Timo Cotter won that one with 88 and a quarter. Uh, Second place, Dominic Dawn with 88. Third place, John Myers. And then day two, which is the reason I'm starting with this one, our man, Mr. Bass Thumbs himself, Shane Lamont over there, just smacked him on day two. Keep your thumbs ripped, bruh. But uh, smacked him with 90 and three quarters. Uh, Second place was Bradley Coolin with 86 and a quarter. And then Dominic Dawn, uh, again, third place on that one, 86. Uh, Brian was texting me. Anybody has been watching, seeing me look down at my phone, Brian, the you know OG Brian Schiller was texting me wondering if we had Shane on because he really wanted to jump in here if we did to say the only reason that Shane won was because his wife didn't fish against him again. Uh,
3: well, yeah. Shane, Shane does his own tournament show for California stuff, so I'm sure he, maybe he'll just be interviewing himself.
2: Well, I told him I'm going to try and get him on next week if we don't have any other big events going on, just to give him a... He, he's always doing so good, hyping up his other Cali buddies. You know, He's a great angler, and he's a great conversation, so I want to give him a little spotlight, too. But uh, congrats to him and the other winners at that event. So moving on from there. All right, we had the uh, Delaware Paddle Sports Kayak Bass Fishing Series on Silver Lake. They had Thirty Anglers, Five Fish Limit, first place, Bunky Y shirt with seventy nine, second place what? Zach I know I like that name. I don't know why, but I really like that. Like second place and- Right? <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh second place Zach Bunner with seventy eight and a half. Third place Mike Russell with seventy five and three quarter. Uh next up the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania Bass Nation Kayak Series State Line Derby. Uh on I'm not gonna try and say this lake. Say it. Nope. Come on. Pima tuning. Pima tuning.
3: All right.
2: Yep. First place, Colton Hutchinson was 78 and a quarter. Second place, C.J. Welsh was 76 and three quarters. Third place, Russell Johnson was 71 and three quarter. Uh, Next up, we had the NACA tournament trail that I was talking about down here. We call it our Shoal Stop. It is the uh, Pickwick Lake and Wilson Lakes. uh, 43 anglers. My man, Michael Cooper smacked them. Ended up with 80 and a quarter. I think he caught all smallmouth. Um second place Andy Boutwell was seventy nine and three quarter and third place tied Ooh. with him Harry Harry Golden was seventy nine and three quarter. Oh I well. oh
3: I thought it was Luke. Never mind.
2: No, I think Luke got I don't he even know where some, Luke ended up.
3: He won some rods or something. I yeah, it. I
2: know he won one of the raffles. Yeah. Okay. But uh oh no he won small fish we had a little side pot small fish tournament that was it couple great giveaways though with that NAC is and, always uh, great
3: for giveaways and, and and that's a cool tournament where you have to be up on scanning water like you can't you can't fish main lake stuff so
2: yeah. uh, Michael was main lake oh was it oh okay mm-hmm. I know I know their spot and the the guy he fishes with I think finished fifth too they were just whacking him hmm. um next up was the Buckeye kayak fishing trail on the St- Catwin and Acton Lakes in Cincinnati, 55 anglers in this one. First place was Reese Stoughton with 158. It's a two-day tournament. Uh, second place, Sean Skidmore with 150, so pretty good gap between first and second there. And then Chris Hannigan with 147.5 for third. Uh, we just went over the Hobie Bass Open on follow but we'll hit the Peach State event that was uh, in conjunction with that. Uh, there were 67 anglers in that. Uh, Brady that... Uh, Bailey was talking about. Uh, he did end up in first place in that one. Uh, it was a one day event with uh, for 89 inches. Second place was Nick Dyer with 86 and a quarter. And Bailey, as he said, got third in that one with 86 and a quarter as well. that, that That's
3: another one. I think Brady's from Nebraska, so another,
2: mm-hmm.
3: another long drive came
2: down to the south and took. I'm gonna need the- my southern boys to step it up. I know like, it's- where are we at. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have the Indiana kayak anglers on Lake Wawasee and Syracuse Lakes. 68 anglers. First place, Ryan Platt with 75 inches. Second place, Mark Howell with 74 and a half, Third place, Shane Partlow with 73 and a quarter. Uh, next, we have the Natural State kayak anglers on Lake Nimrod, 32 anglers. First place was, Jesus, Tyner Redden with 91 and three quarters. Second place was Mark Catherine was 76 and three quarters. There was a 15 inch gap between first and second. That's a whole fish. (laughs) And those were limits. Those were both five fish limits. So that's crazy. And third place was a Gordon Parham with 70 and a half. Uh, Next up, we have the Moyak at Table Rock. 153 anglers. That's a big one. First place was Ryan Paz. Haskewich with 90 and three quarters, second place Joseph Mersky with 87, and third place Scott Kroger with 87 as well. Um oh wow we got a bunch going on table rock. So also going on at Table Rock was the All-American kayak series event. They had 56 anglers. Uh they did it two days. So first place for that one was Chris Longshore with 170, second place Chad Davison with 168, and third place with Blake was Blake Collins with 166 and three quarter. And then another event on Table Rock was the Natural State Kayak Anglers. Uh, they had seventy-three anglers. Uh, first place was uh, Ryan Paskevich with ninety and three quarters. Second place, Danny Dutton with eighty-seven and three quarter. And third place, Craig Wood with eighty-five and a half. Shame on all you people that didn't sign up for all three of those. Yeah, triple dip. You're right. Uh, and then last but not least is the Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League on Lake Nacogdoches. I'm gonna say that I said that right. 87 anglers. Yeah, that's
3: uh, Nacogdoches, right? Oh, sweet. Yeah. Woohoo!
2: Go Alabama guy. First place, Desmond James, 101 inches, anchored with a huge 25 incher. Second place, uh, Brian Howe with 97 and a quarter. Third place, uh, Jansen Benavids with 90 and a quarter. Um, there were a bunch of big fish. Third place caught a 23. Eighth place caught another 25. Uh, a guy in like 50th, 7th place Caught a, a right out of 24 Huge fish, but it's Texas What are you yeah. going to say? Wow. That well, sense. that was Yeah, oh, I need to get out back out there Well, that was it for the tournaments, man uh, Another great show uh, Might have our man Shane on next week I'll see if I can work that out See what else we got coming up um, As we said, something we didn't really mention In the before, Jackson just dropped a new kayak Everybody go check that out um, and then, Drew, they're, also,
3: they're also putting that drive in their other drive, their other. So the. So
2: they're the updating Byte, all of them.
3: Yeah, the Byte FD and the Kusa FD—they're putting that new drive system in all of them. So
2: sweet. Um, we also had Crescent dropped the teaser video to the boat that they're doing with Drew. The Sholey, um, looks really good. I can't wait to to look at one and play it a little bit. I've got to see some of the photos of it, and I think it's these two boats are examples of boats that listen to what people want out of them. Um, they both are have a lot of features that a lot of people have been wanting, and that they're going to like. So that's really cool to see. Uh, what about you, Dan? You got anything coming up?
3: It's really cool that brands are like. I know the NAR with Jackson; they had their team guys,
2: like, yeah, put
3: everything that they wanted at kayak, and they came up an idea from that. And then the other one in Crescent, they use Drew and they just let Drew do what Drew wanted to do. And that's man, we are getting some great kayaks right now because companies are the, companies are not just in a boardroom on a blackboard or whatever a damn engineer does and just selling us what they want to sell us. They're listening to to us, to anglers. And,
2: and that's that, like how Jackson did it. I think that I mean, that's what in my eyes a team should be yeah. is like We're repping your brand, but you should in turn listen to us. And that's exactly exactly what they did. So that's really cool. Um, And then with Drew's boat, I mean, for us skinny water guys, like we know he knows what we like, you know, and then this boat's going to be a great combo boat to do everything on because if you're paying attention to what he's doing, you know, chasing these trails around, he's getting in the skinny water as much as he can. But we've seen him have a motor strapped to his boat. We've seen him, you know, when water's too shallow to do his or, you know, lakes are drawn down and his thing's not there, he can figure it out, too. So a boat that can do it all. So pretty cool. I can't wait to see what else. Um, okay. I'm sure they'll have some more boats. I'm sure. Uh, I think Feel Free just dropped one uh, really cool little boat, a little affordable pedal drive. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I, we'll see some more.
3: cast coming up. I, I know there's at least one brand that has one coming out. So one brand that we haven't said already. So I'll let mm. you all figure it out.
2: I know this, too. I think I know of another another one coming out, too, Um, unless it's the same one. So everybody pay attention to ICAST this year, as per usual. We'll hear the phrase game changer 47 and 11 times. What was it I saw? I saw somebody post the other day when Jackson dropped it. They called it a uh, change gamer. Changed the phrase (laughs) up a little bit.
3: (laughs) It's going to change the game for them. I, I really think so.
2: Oh, and I, we've been saying it. I mean, like I've got some buddies that used to be like diehard. I mean, and even like Brian Schiller and you know Jay Randall used to be like the diehard Jackson guys. I feel like Jackson hit a weird lull where their boats were like, meh and just kind of whatever. And now this one, like everybody's eyes is going to be on it for a little while. You it, know, well. it, it seems like everybody?
3: That, yeah, they had take some time to get their company right, and now they're they're coming through the the lull of getting their business straight and now they're coming back out of it. So yeah, good. Glad, yeah. glad to see one of the perennial brands of kayak fishing, making a comeback. That's awesome.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Well, all right, everybody, we appreciate everybody coming, you know, hanging out with us on your Wednesday morning or whenever you check this out, get to see it. Be sure to take a look at your fantasy stuff. Uh, as, as mentioned, maybe hopefully you had Bailey on your team. Uh, Cause he just got you some very much needed points. We're Sorry. Sorry, Dan. Um, make sure you give us a like and a follow. Follow Dan's YouTube. Oh, he's over there. Follow Dan's YouTube, his Instagrams, all those funny things. I would say follow mine, but I have not been that active lately. Got too much other stuff to worry about. Uh, give Paddle and Finn some follows. Check out our YouTube. We're trying to get those numbers up big time, too. And we will see y'all next week. For
3: Peace. PF News,
0: Jig Masters jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to JigMasters.com and fill your tackle boxes.